and welcome to my podcast, Cynthia Kensington's Corner. I am Cynthia Kensington, a conversation creator and a mind and body coach. Cynthia Kensington's Corner is a comfortable space where I share my life experiences, life lessons, and lifestyle conversations around mind, body, and motherhood. On today's episode, as promised, I'll be sharing with you guys three things that I did differently during my second pregnancy. During this second time, I had made a point to do things very, very differently. The first things first, I made sure that this birth was actually planned and that I made an effort to stay active, effort to stay healthy. I also made great effort to be very present in the planning of my baby's birth. I attended all my appointments. I spoke to my midwives. I spoke to the nurses whenever I had any concerns or even the slightest inconvenience. I was on the phone to my midwife just like that. And lastly, another thing that I did was I made sure that I took time, a lot of time to be present within myself, took time for myself and nurture the relationships in and around me. I planned everything down to the T because now I now knew what to expect, right? Well, so I thought, but very, very quickly, my daughter made her presence known and I felt the morning sickness coming in hard and fast everything, every fruit. I wasn't vegan at the time. So everything that it was meant to be eaten, every fruit made my belly turn. And I did have a few times where I actually threw up. With this second pregnancy, I noticed that I also had a lot of heartburn. Nothing compared to what I experienced during my first pregnancy, but I know that I did catch myself a few times saying, oh, here we go again. And I know in the first, in a previous episode, I did mention to you guys that even if you have the birth plan and you've planned everything, right, and you can still go over and beyond, but there are certain things that you don't have no control over, but it was always better. It's always better to be aware just so you can be present and then you're able to adjust quickly and seek help where necessary. So even though the beginning of this pregnancy started off with its own challenges, I personally felt like I had help very quickly and it made me feel, I didn't feel like I didn't have anybody to speak to. There were so many people around me. There were so many people who were willing to get involved, especially my midwives. And for me, that made this pregnancy, that's why I said this pregnancy was easier and things that I did differently. But during the first time, I'm not even going to double into <laughs> the shock and horror and the trials that I have, I had for my first pregnancy. I could go on for this, but let me bring you guys back to this main subject, which is three things that I did differently during my second pregnancy. Right. The first thing I did was I changed my doctor and the place of birth ASAP. There was no way. I repeat, there was no way on God's green earth I was going back to that place because to me, number one, they weren't sure if gas and air was gas and air. They weren't even sure if the gas and air was on. They weren't sure if I was being dilated or what was going on. And for me personally, in my opinion, I did feel neglected. I didn't feel like they knew what they were doing. Actually, I'll be fair. I didn't think like they were, they probably overworked. I didn't think they were competent enough to see to my case. And there was no way I was going back to that hospital. So I did choose a different hospital. And it, I kid you not, 
is the best decision I made. The nurses were helpful right until when they said, push, a baby's coming. I felt seen. I felt taken care of. They encouraged me to have a birth plan. They called me. They guided me through having one. They didn't state to me that, okay, you know, Miss Kessington, because you had a C-section the first time, there is a higher chance that you would have another C-section. But they did ask me, how do you feel about it? What are your concerns? Why don't you want to have a C-section? And for me, the question, just the fact that they were asking those questions made me feel like they cared. They cared about how I was feeling and what was going on because I'm already, my brain is already in overdrive because I'm pregnant. And towards the end of your pregnancy, you're probably not even thinking about what birth plan is. So it's encouraged that you speak to your nurses or speak to your midwives or you speak to your family, people who know your birth plan. So when you're in a different planet <laughs> and you're sweating and you want this baby to come out, you've also written it down, spoke to your midwives about it, spoke to your family and people who are going to be there on the day of birth. So for me, that made me feel well taken care of. And although they did say, you know, my chances of having a C-section was high, I also knew that there was a chance that I could not have a C-section. And that's, that was, that was the outcome that I wanted. So I went and did my research about mothers, women who said they've given birth, well, they've had C-section the first time and they haven't had C-section the second time. So let, before I go into this part of, um, what I did, I want to encourage you guys that because I've done it and because it's worked for me, doesn't mean that you guys should do it. Make sure in case, if you want to take this advice on Please, please, please do your own research. Be comfortable with it before you go ahead with it. If you're not sure, speak to somebody about it. Speak to a loved one. Speak to your midwives. I'm sure they probably, some of them probably advise against it, but still speak to somebody about it. So when I went online, I saw that, during my research, I saw that some women said that they used the evening primrose capsules to surfing their cervix and it helped them to induce labor very quickly. I was like, okay, so, but it was very controversial actually, because some people said it worked and others said it didn't work. Again, like I said, my focus was not about if it didn't work. My focus about, I needed to hear how it worked, why it worked, what did they do? So before this, I used to do this, the last thing before I went to bed, I would take a one capsule of evening primrose and I'll shove it up my honeypot I would make sure that I was in bed at least for the next few hours, just so when the, the capsule burst, the oil doesn't come down my leg. And I needed it to be like really, really get my hand in there and make sure that it was really up so it doesn't come down. And for me, honestly, putting evening primrose oil worked because my labor was so quick. When I was in active labor, the baby was out. Yes, I did have a tear because I wasn't listening. They kept saying, oh, wait, the baby's crowning. I'm like, uh-uh, this baby's coming out now. <laughs> they were like, oh, the doctor is coming now. They're coming to check you, to do this, to do it. I was like, no, this baby is coming out now. I don't care what you guys are saying. And that's the only reason I had a tear. But the fact that I had a successful, I couldn't even pronounce the word, labor, I believe that the evening primrose worked. The second thing I did was I didn't eat for two. 
I mentioned in my first pregnancy that when I got to the third trimester, I had cravings, amongst other things, of course, but I did find myself eating a lot. Firstly, I didn't have that opportunity with this second pregnancy because, like I said at the beginning, I was throwing up a lot. But eventually, when my morning sickness died down, I was more conscious about what I was eating. I made sure I stayed away from fried food. I stayed away from spicy food. I stayed away from processed food. All in all, to be honest with you, my second pregnancy, I by the time I got to once the, like I said, the morning sickness was gone, I came to the conclusion that actually eating for two was a myth. And I wanted my baby to be healthy. I wanted, I didn't want to be tired from all the overeating and feeling like, you know, I'm waddling and I'm unable to even move my body. So I made sure that I was consciously eating, being present, being intentional with what I was putting in my mouth. And I also wanted to encourage good habits to make sure that I was doing the best for myself because I strongly believe that there are certain foods that you would eat and it would spoil your mood. There are certain foods, of course, that you can eat, comfort food that makes you feel good, home, um, home-cooked food, food that you're used to, mom, my mom cooking, all those kind of things makes you feel good. But equally, there are foods that you can eat that very quickly will knock you out and make you feel tired. So I made sure that I was intentionally eating good food just so I was in a better mind and body space. And finally, the last thing I did was I prepared for life after birth. Now, let me explain what that means to you guys. I made sure that I had somebody to look after Elijah. Now, that's my first child. I gladly, I I can't stress to you guys how much I was welcoming all the help my mom wanted to give. My mom moved in. She cooked for me. She cleaned. She did everything. And if I wasn't breastfeeding, she was very happy to have the kids. And guess what? I was very happy (laughs) to pass them on to her because after all, they're grandkids. But I made sure that this second time I I accepted all the help that was around me. I think I was very much present because the first one, I mean, I can't say it's because maybe I was young. I didn't know what to expect. Now I was aware of what to expect. And I know that people around me, they they actually mean good. They want to help me. They want to ease me through because everybody know pregnant women, we can be formed very quickly. We can be nice. And once it's time to give birth, everything else goes out the window. We become, some of us might become fussy. And I was that fussy one. Once it was time, the baby needs to come out. The baby needs to come out. I wasn't having any of it. So I was very much open to all the help that I was getting. So by the time I got home, the home routine was well managed and the transition of hospital to coming home was an easy transition and the experience for myself and my family everybody was much you know maybe because it's also if mom is in a better space mom being me then everybody else is in a better space and it just there was just a nicer environment and everybody welcome to see our small madame eliana who now runs the house by the way (laughs) She tells us what she was since birth. This girl has been making her presence known. And the second, the second pregnancy was plain sailing. I would never, there's nothing I can control or I can't change. My first pregnancy is all experience, but definitely the second pregnancy has made me heightened my experience to what childbirth could be. And possibly as well, it's also because I've had two of both worlds. So I've had the C-section world and I know how challenging it can be. 
and how challenging it was. Then I've had the um, natural birth way where I've had to push the baby. It can be challenging. When I was thinking about having the natural way, I don't think um, I ever realized that, you know, there are also complications. You can have a tear. I, I don't think I, I got to that stage of when, did, you know, it's best to listen to the midwives. It's not because you want the baby to come. They know what they're doing. They can see what you're not seeing. But the minute I felt the baby, there was this urge to keep pushing. And although, like I mentioned, it said the baby was crowning, the head was crowning. It felt like if I was to exp um, explain it, honestly, the best way I can explain it was it felt like someone put pepper up my honeypot. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but that there was this burning sensation. But you know what? I actually liked the burning sensation. It was an odd feeling at that point. But anyway, that's it for my second pregnancy. To <laughs> the story about my second pregnancy, I mean. To round off, I still stand by what I said earlier in my previous episode that there is no rule book. Every pregnancy is different. It doesn't matter if it's the first one. It doesn't matter if it's the second one. It doesn't matter if it's the third one. I can only talk about two because that's where my experience stops. However, I would say the trick to making this second approach easier is to plan. Speak to experts. Do your own research. Because at the end of the day, people can tell you stuff, but sometimes we know what's good for us. We know what feels good, right? But even though you know what feels good and you have your own way of thinking about the way you want things to turn out, I would also encourage you that you should be prepared to adapt and adjust during pregnancy. Again, it doesn't matter if it's the first one or the second one. Always be willing to adapt, adjust and maneuver. That's it for me, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Let me know how you guys found this episode. Do you have two or more kids? Uh, was there a difference in each process? Did you find that you enjoyed one more than the other? I would love to hear about it from you guys. You can always find me on Instagram at Cynthia Kensington. And if you are listening on YouTube, drop me a comment. I would love to hear from you. Or you can drop me an email, info at CynthiaKensington.com. Until next time, have an amazing week.